Hey there, I'm Amy, and welcome to the podcast, Fearlessly Facing 50. This podcast is about conversations and connections, and my mission is to encourage women over 40 to live their best life. You know what, ladies, we haven't peaked yet, and we are just getting started. So if you're ready for some real talk with real people and real conversations about what really matters, you found the right place. I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's get started. Let's get real. Hey there, I'm Amy and welcome to Fearlessly Facing 50. Thanks so much for tuning in today for today's episode. You're really going to enjoy the story that we'll be sharing today. The story of Susan Barber, who is inspiring And I had the chance to meet her a while back when we were living in Germany. And she always was intriguing, interesting, and always in for a great conversation. Susan has raised her children and her family with her husband in three different countries. She's recently moved back to the United States. And her story will inspire you. You know, not everything is perfect. The timing is never quite right, but it's all about mindset and how you approach uncertainty, change in life as you move forward. So sit back and listen to Susan. I will leave some episode notes with um, a place where you can reach out to her or if you'd like to participate in any of her retreats, but I know you'll find it inspiring. Enjoy the show. It's going to be for our listeners to hear your story. What a journey you've had. And I find it inspiring, empowering, and you have lots of twists and turns to talk about. And it's interesting because you even told me earlier, you've already been living your best life. So a lot of us, I think, can relate to something you told me. You weren't connected with your authentic self at one point in your life early on, which I think is pretty typical, you know, in our 20s and 30s. So you left the big city the corporate world, headed to West Arizona. I think you even taught on an Indian reservation along the way back to Virginia, met your husband. And then this happened with a three-week-old baby and your husband was offered a chance to move to Singapore. Uh, I want to hear about this. How was that? How did you feel? Not physically, because I'm sure you were exhausted, but what made you go all in with this? Wow. Um, Well, I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So um, just to answer your question pretty specifically, I think what made me go all in is just because Chris and I are such a great team. I mean, he, um, we weren't really, neither of us have ever really been kind of the settled type. We've always been a little bit nomadic. I had uh, created my own little study abroad program and went off on my own to study abroad when I was in college. So I already kind of had an adventurous spirit going. And even though we had just got married and, you know, baby on the way, I think, um, and we bought a house. So I think a lot of people thought, oh, she's finally settling down. But, you know, really, Chris was our major breadwinner in the family at that point. I've always uh, had a side business. So I think just this opportunity for him, I've just been adventurous and I'm kind of tuned in to my inner voice and I I'm not really somebody to overthink things so I just kind of I did just that I just kind of jumped in with them and off we went <laughs> oh, that's awesome so you're in Singapore 
And, you know, I know as having had the expat experience and meeting you there, it's exciting, it's intimidating, it's overwhelming, all of those things. So tell me more about this next move now. So you're in Singapore, you have another baby, and you're headed to the Middle East, to Bahrain. I hope I even said that properly. With two, with two kids now. So you need to, you need to just give us all a, a day in the life of Susan when you first got there and then a day in the life of Susan after being there for a while. Because I, I just think it would be fascinating. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Bahrain was really a different experience because the age of my children. So while I was, you know, I taught yoga in Singapore. So I had that really anger there, even though I had this newborn baby. I mean, that was a great way for me to stay connected to myself. And then when we uh, headed off to Bahrain, you know, another whole thing is this was during the Gulf War. So uh, we were getting lots of warnings from like family, you know, especially being American, you know, our troops were over there fighting in the Middle East. So all, all anybody heard was the Middle East and be careful. But again, we're just not very fear-based and we certainly checked into it and made sure where we were going was safe and, you know, we were all going to be okay. But we actually went there when the kids were, um, let's see, uh, my daughter was three, my son was about five. So when we first got there, you always kind of have an expectation of what you think it's going to be. We moved into our nice house that Chris had picked out, you know, waiting for mm -hmm. things to come. And the first few months are very, um, I would even say like the first two months is just all about setting up your, your home and trying to figure out where you can get your groceries and that sort of thing. But it was really like six months in where I think it really hit me because we were definitely... I mean, we would drive to the grocery store and there'd be camels walking down the street. You know, this was not a very, wow. this was not Singapore. Singapore was right. um, definitely New York City or they wanted to be like New York City. This mm -hmm. was definitely uh, much more, I don't want to say third world, but getting close, you know. Mm -hmm. And you could mm -hmm. see Saudi Arabia from Bahrain. So that's how close we were to Saudi. So what was interesting there is that I ended up homeschooling um, my son, Luke, mm. there. Okay. Um, he did try to go to school and he really didn't like it. Um, I think that was our biggest thing. So I had a plan going in that he was going to go to school. I was going to teach yoga and be home with Lane. And then that kind of got switched up because school just really wasn't working out and there were not options there. It was mm -hmm. really one option. Wow. So we kind of jumped into um, homeschooling, which was a kind of a new adventure. And, you know, a mom to three and five-year-old are busy. Yeah. And um, interestingly, what, what was great for me, because there are not a lot of Americans in Bahrain, especially when we were there. There were no dependents. There was a military base there, but there were no American dependents at that point. I think there had been a bombing at some point, so they were all evacuated. But I... Um, there were certainly some Brits there and a few State Department people. But what was a great for me there is as I was homeschooling, I got really interested in Montessori education. Mm. And there was actually a Montessori teacher training center there that this amazing woman started to try to educate, first of all, to give local women opportunity for employment. Wow. And second, to raise the early childhood education levels in Bahrain sure. because there was no mandatory education at all and really very little early years. So I ended up going doing teacher training two nights a week. And that really, it was, it was really neat. That's how I really met a lot of locals. And I mean, real locals. Sure. You know? <laughs> wow. That's incredible. Did you ever have days where you just felt like, I'm tired? You know, I, I am so far away from home. I mean, the United States being, you know, where you were born and raised, home. How did you just push through those tough days? 
I think for me, um, you know, I think we have a different idea home because we decided we, it depends on what kind of family you come from. I think, I think it's much harder if you're coming from a family where, you know, you live down the street from your mom and you have these really tight relationships and not that we don't have good relationships with our families, but our families were just a little bit different. My parents Mm -hmm. divorced and, you know, hit at a really hard time. Both my parents had remarried. So we, Chris and I always, always said home is where the four of us are together. And so really was about the four of us being together. Did I end up getting homesick? Of course, sure. we made our trips home, but I have been very um, blessed that I had a strong support system wherever I was. I had, you know, you only need one friend. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. One right. girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. And I, I would end up with a couple. And um, the hardest days for me were when Chris was traveling because, of course, he was busy traveling and yep. it's a little isolating there. But I, I, my spiritual center is my yoga practice. And that's right. really, that's really what our family's based on. Um, yeah. Is that so? I always have that sense of connection and you know, somewhere I can go when I need answers or I need some time to myself for yeah. you know, reconnection. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's the, hard, the hard days there. I'll say that. I mean, you know, the hard days there were the, when it's 120 degrees outside. Oh, I can't even <laughs> And you can't take the kids out for a walk and you're inside all day. And, you know, those, sure. were, the, the those are the long days. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, I had the opportunity to meet and connect with you in Germany, which was so fabulous because, you know, as expats, you just, everybody is welcoming in your your family your friends are your family I remember sitting on the sidelines of the soccer games and certainly we were cheering for our boys but what I always found intriguing about you and interesting about you were the conversations that we had um you know and you were at that phase of life you'd said you know when you're in Germany you're in perimenopause um and you you went back to school to kind of continue your journey and I love that because I'm all about lifetime learning how did you refill your cup at that point when you were balancing now you're in at the third country that you've that you've moved, you've uprooted your family, you're all together and that's home for you. And I totally get that. But how, how did you balance it? Yeah, Germany was kind of hard for me. I'll, I'll admit that was probably the hardest of them all, which is interesting because it's probably the easiest place to live of all the places I've been. Right. But I definitely, and I'm sure I'm very open, you know, you know me, I'm very open. <laughs> so I'm sure I was, we're sitting on the sidelines, I'm telling everybody how I'm in perimenopause and what's going on. But uh, I have always been open about things like that. And I really wasn't feeling that great. And I was really feeling tired a lot. I was feeling really moody. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's dark in Germany and that can really oh, yeah. get to you in the rain. So um, I have always been interested in nutrition and always been following nutrition. We've a super health oriented family. And as I started looking into this phase of my life and what I should be doing nutritionally to support myself, the people that I were kind of reading up on and looking to, I was finding they're all on faculty at this school called the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Mm-hmm. And so I said, was talking to my husband about it. And he's like, well, you should go do that. He's, he's just, he's very supportive. Yeah. That's <laughs> he great. Yeah. does not like me to be bored. So he was like, you should go to school there. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. And I really, everywhere we've lived, I've studied something different. So I did um, end up back in school. It was an online program, which, which made it, you know, pretty manageable, but I was able to implement the things that I was learning for my own self and to support myself when I was going through that kind of difficult time. Yeah. And then of course, you know, I'm a big believer in take care of, you know, mom, put your life, I mean, your oxygen mask on first, and then you're better able to right. be there for your kids. And um, that's always been the center of our, our family life is that, you know, let's take care of mom because she's got everybody else. So I would say for me, you know, 
that's pretty much how I did it. And nutrition and just taking care of myself, making sure I was getting some movement in. And when another thing is when you need help or you need a friend or you need to talk, find someone and find someone. talk. Yep. And I, yep. I don't care where I am. I talk to anybody. Yeah, and so exactly. I, I am the same way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny because in Germany I had, a, I've always had a lot of British friends. It just seems to be who we end up um, right. being around. And one of my really close British friends actually from the school, she, she said it just wasn't in their culture to ask for help. You know, they're supposed mm-hmm. to buck up with it. And so re- not too long ago, she, she now has three kids and she has a kid with special needs. And she said, you know, this is something I really learned for you, learned from you. I've learned to uh, ask for help. Yeah, it's so important. And we don't do it enough. I agree. Why, why do you think, too, that it's so difficult for us to practice self-care? You know, why, why do you think it's so tough for, for women to do that? I don't know. Do you think we've been fed like a, you know, the wrong goods, man, that we're supposed to be like these <laughs> self-sacrificing mother. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, everything's about the kids. And, you know, I'm, you know, my children are my children and my family are my life and I love them to death. But I also, you know, I wasn't, I just did, I think that it's easy to sacrifice yourself for your family. I just think it yeah. is. And yeah, support is. your, like, I won't say support your husband, your career, because obviously lots of women have careers as well. But I think in the expat world that we were in, mm-hmm. it was well, usually the trailing spouse, whether it was a husband or a wife, you know. Yeah, I and mastered so, that role. Yep. Yeah. And so uh, I think it's important that it's easy to lose yourself in those things. So I think, again, asking for help when you need it. And I, I think the self-care part, you know, I think we're confused about what self-care is. You know, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily like some kind of bougie, go to the spa, I'm taking care of myself or go out right, drinking. Right. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm taking care of going out to having wine with my girls. I mean, maybe that's part of it. But for me, um, it's really about self-care is really health care. And yeah. it's keeping yourself and your, you know, mental health and physical health very, very closely connected and very closely connected to nutrition. And so you've really got to take care of yourself from a health standpoint. Yeah. I think that's vital. That's vital. That's a priority. Mm-hmm. You know, now we share something else in common. And I think a lot of the listeners will be able to relate to this. And it's losing your parents. And it's a topic I'm going to be digging into at length during my podcast as they go on. I lost both of my parents within two years of each other. And I happened to be living in Germany at the time and trying to get on a flight to get back across the pond to make it back. Can you share your experience? You know, you're, re- you're, pa- you're repatriating back to the U.S. at 49, which is never easy. It's, it's not easy coming back. Right smack in the midst of menopause. You've lost your parents. You're navigating the college process for your son. How did you find peace and fulfillment during this time? Oh boy. I mean, that was really hard too. <laughs> oh, I mean, just, yeah. Well, it's... back was um, very unexpected because we were abroad for almost 14 years and we were seven school years at German in Germany and our move wow. back was very unplanned. We thought we would be there till my son graduated high school and, you know, corporate America, when things come up, they come up. And, um, we got a, I think notification in March that we were repatriating in June. And the thing it too, for us was we weren't pe- really repatriating home. I'm from Virginia, but we were repatriating somewhere that I had never been, which was New Jersey, hmm. <laughs> which might as well have been Zimbabwe. I mean, really, I didn't know anything about New Jersey. And so, and, and it's culturally different, you know, we're such a big country that it's super culturally different. So we didn't really feel like we were going home. So that part was kind of difficult. And like everyone told us all those years, move around, do whatever you need to do, keep your kids close, but don't move them in high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really didn't feel like we had a choice. So I just did what I always do. And we, you know, we got life going. Um, it was, 
we, we really went through it with our parents because uh, when we were in Germany, we lost both Chris's parents while we were in Germany. And we lost his brother while we were in Bahrain. And as soon as I, right before we moved home, my dad, who was vibrant and healthy, um, fell down and had a seizure. And he was dead a year later. They, he had a geoglastoma um, brain tumor right when we were repatriating. So I have to tell you, it was part of the reasons that I knew that our coming home was right because I got to spend a lot of time with my dad yeah. and I am, I, I've, I have, I'm one of five girls and I love my dad to death, but we, my, you know, as I said, my parents went through a divorce and there were times where I kept my distance. Um, mm -hmm. His wife wasn't always so supportive and we only saw him like once a year, but that being back in the States, I could fly down and I would really literally took care of my dad for give my sisters a break about every six weeks I would go down. And so that to me was such a blessing. And as far as the menopause, that came on really fast, right during that time I was done. Paramenopause yeah. was much more difficult for me. It was it was a challenge than um, menopause. But I, I did want to say this about the perimenopause. I read Dr. Christiane Northrup's book. I know I told mm -hmm, you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she totally changed my perspective on that because like she book. was like, your second phase, baby, go for it. Creativity, go, blossom, bloom, go. It's not this right. dream you know, M, M thing, my mother-in-law used to call it. Um, so yeah, I, so my, my dad passed away and I really feel like I got that time with him and I'm not sure I would have had that kind of closure had we been away and I hadn't got to spend right. time. Right. Um, and then you mentioned the college process. That oh was, yeah. Uh, we've all went through that, but I have to tell you what happened with us. Um, I have a smart kid and it's a little crazy here in the States. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> I've we done it from both. Yeah, I've done it from both Europe and from here. I would have to agree, yeah. yeah. So we, we had already been kind of prepped in um, Europe for the way things are done. And when we got here and we were kind of getting pulled into the whole crazy process, we just didn't drink the Kool-Aid. I mean, we right. just didn't. We were pretty laid back. I mean, he he's a very smart kid. We knew he was going to have tons of options. And he actually considered going back to Europe for school. That was his what he said for a long time. Sure. Um, and he took his spec diploma when he got back here. So he was fluent in Germany. He actually could have gone to college for free in Germany. But we we, we looked at some stateside schools. We, we did a little bit of what the school kind of was requiring. Um, but we were lucky that someone mentioned McGill to us. Yeah. Up in great Canada. And once we went up there, I mean, that he that was it. So we really didn't have to go through that. Right. He yeah. had made up his mind That's that that it. was where yeah. he was going. That's where he is. And um, what, one thing that's neat Super. about it is that they only um, – they really only evaluate you on your numbers. So it was mm -hmm. based mm -hmm. on your grades and your SAT, your ACT scores. And if you if you made the cut, you're in. Yeah, makes so sense. What, there you go. That's how Europe does it. So it wasn't stressful about right. am I going to get in or not? And, you know, yeah. do I have to interview? Yeah. And, you know, this. So, yeah, I think I like that. I'm about to go through it again with my daughter. So I think right. we'll follow. I know. We I know. Again, the Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't drink it. No, me either. I've got one more to go. Well, this is this has been awesome. I mean, you're you're a delight. I'm glad we get to connect again. You're a champion around allowing yourself to reflect and make yourself a priority through your nutrition, through your no, your yoga classes, your retreats, your workshops. So I want to thank you for sharing a glimpse into your life. My pleasure. My pleasure. 60 is next for me. You know, I'm going to be 54 on my next birthday. So I, I was love it fearlessly facing 50 man I just jumped in <laughs> yeah definitely you said you're 53 and living your best life I agree I agree so I'm going to put the link on the website um, on my website to your website and I know that this message and the messages that you 
that you talked about today, they're going to resonate with people. So is that the best way um, they should contact you is just go through the website and, and contact you that way? Sure, sure. I'm, um, yeah, su yeah. Susan Perfect. Barber, what's it? Susan Barber Yoga. Yeah, that's it. Yep. That's what you Perfect. I'll put it on there. And all and over the place these days, as you know. <laughs> I know. Well, before we go, share your best advice for women in the middle as they navigate this, this whole thing that I'm talking about, which is not looking back, but living forward. Oh, yeah. I just think the best thing I can say is that, you know, it's, this is a yogic teaching, but celebrate in permanence. You know, nothing is permanent. Everything changes. And it's not change. We think that we're suffering because things are changing, but really it's our resistance to change, which creates our suffering. So mm -hmm. really just it's a mindset. You know, I, I think reading um, support yourself, read good books that book about um, menopause by Tati. Yeah, sure. They're great. And, you know, just change the mindset that, you know, my kids are leaving. What was me? You know, this is the new beginning. Yeah. You're kind of, there's some freedom exactly. here. There and is. So yes. I feel, I feel amazing. I feel much better at 53 than I did at 46. So that's awesome. Oh, yeah. that's great. Great <laughs> words of wisdom. Thank you so much, Susan. My pleasure. Talk All to you right. soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Fearlessly Facing 50. I knew that you would enjoy hearing from Susan Barber, not only her amazing journey, but her inspiring story. And as you begin 2020, as we start off this new year, think about shifting your mindset. Think about creating more joy in your life, surrounding yourself with people that bring you joy and happiness. It's a new beginning. Thanks so much for tuning in. I look forward to 2020 and going forward with Fearlessly Facing 50, the podcast. My book will be launching in 2020, which is, is really an exciting endeavor. And I'm anxious to get that just in the hands of all of my listeners and followers and to encourage them to embrace this phase of life with confidence. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing, please take a minute over the break, if you have a little downtime, and go to the Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I would so appreciate it. Like I've said in the past, there is so much noise out there right now. And there's so many podcasts that if you were to write a review for Fearlessly Facing 50, it brings it up in the queue and it allows other people to listen as well. So keep sharing, keep inspiring each other, and go forth and be awesome. 